Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. No time to waste. We're jumping right into it here with our guests on the show on our Allo VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We bring in Brian Munson of Husker Online, part of the On3 Network. Brian, of course, down in Texas, was at the All-American Bowl, kind of pre-week practices, the games being played, of course, on Saturday. Three Husker commits in this game. Uh, Brian, first of all, how are you? Second of all, how is the Alamo Dome for football? I think of it as a basketball arena. Does it still work for football? <laughs> Happy New Year, man. Um, yeah, no, it works for football. Uh, actually, you know, they had a couple of the upper sections kind of um, uh, closed off. I don't think they typically get the, the type of attendance that they uh, that you know to kind of fill the upper deck of the uh, of the Alamo Dome, but. Um, I, it brought back memories. The, the first time I went there was to watch Indomitian Sue and Marlon Lucky and Philip Dillard and Craig Roark and all those guys. Um, and I think that that was the same year that Deshaun Jackson decided to try to take flight from the five yard line <laughs> and kind of came up a little, just about a half yard short. Dude, that guy was in the air for, it seemed like five seconds. And, um, I think he was really just tearing the game apart, honestly. But uh, no, it's it's still a great, it's still a wonderful venue. Uh, they've do, they've done some tremendous things to kind of keep that uh, keep that venue up. Um, it's in a wonderful part of San Antonio, too. The location can't be beat. And uh, no, it was we and it was a really one really well run practice yesterday. Was would that have been that Nebraska Michigan Alamo Bowl that you're referencing? I, so that was – I was not at that game. I, I remember watching that game with former Husker Byron Bennett, however. And uh, I, But, no, this was the U.S. Army All-American game back in high school. So, like, that last year of those guys, so like, before they all came to Lincoln, like, the very next week with, you know, Dillard and those guys, uh, they were all down in San Antonio. Indomitian hadn't committed yet. Mm. And I think that there was a defensive back that ended up going to Oklahoma, Reggie – Reggie Smith, I think is who it was. Um, and he and those guys were still, it was just an amazing kind of thing. Nebraska it was Bill Callahan era. You know, they had like seven guys in the U S army all American game and, and really three was a, a pretty big number, you know, by comparison to other teams that, that have their commitments there uh, as well this week. And three for Nebraska. Again, I mean, you mentioned the class that you, you saw the first time that was a great class for Nebraska, some great performances, obviously from, from Sue Lucky and Dillard, you know, those guys, yep. you know, with one name, will we know Nelson bricks and pile by one name when they're done? What did you see and hear from those guys down there in your time in San Antonio? Yeah. You know, man, I tell you what, they started out fast yesterday because, um, I had some great pictures of this too. I just didn't have the really great angles, but the three of them, you know, there's a couple of formations they have where Nelson's kind of lined up as a wing back and right off of, you know, Bricks's hip at right tackle and, and then to Bricks's inside at, at right guard is, is Gibson pile. So you get all three of those guys like in the same shot. Um, I, I felt like, you know, 
Well, just just so you know, so Grant Bricks did a great interview, and I just put up a story on it, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of give you a, a, a little bit of a, a summary of it. You know, he's having to learn on the fly, and I think Carter Nelson, his interview is going to be very similar to that. You have two guys that played, you know, not necessarily the highest levels of football uh, based on population or based on, you know, where, wherever their high school is at. It, it doesn't really matter. It's like so Carter comes out of – you know, not even playing 11 man and not having ever blocked somebody before. Mm. And, 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 and essentially now they're running an offense that doesn't even target the tight end in, in San Antonio. So he's being leaned on to, to learn how to block. And, and he said like, look, I'm, I'm here. Eyes open, eyes wide open. I, and I want to, and I want to see, and I want to learn, you know, how I'm supposed to do this at the next level. This is my first, his first opportunity to block isn't against foes or opponents for Ainsworth. It's at the U.S. You know the the All American Bowl in San Antonio. Um, and Grant Bricks was very similar. He's like, look, we run wing T, wishbone, straight ahead. You know, run the ball, run heavy kind of offense. And he said, we weren't. You know, we don't do a lot of pass pro. And we don't do any zone blocking. It's usually man on man. You know, heads up, and we just drive guys off the football. Um, so it's very much you know just kind of kind of get onto a guy and drive him into the ground. And he's having to move a lot laterally now and, and do some, do some zone blocking. And those are, and, and there's a lot of technique here that he's having to, to pick up like on the fly. Like he said, it, he said it best. He's like, he's like, I'm learning and I'm implementing all at the same time. Mm. Um, so those, those two guys are, those two guys are they're, and they're not swimming in it by any means. They, they are really having a chance to kind of, pick this thing up, get this really nice experience under their belt before they make it to Nebraska. So they're, they're, they're getting a little glimpse of what the future, their future is going to be like, you know, getting, I mean, look, the big 10, probably a little bit more closer to the NFL than people ever thought it was based on, you know, the national championship picture and the teams that are competing. And, and I, and I think people can appreciate that now when I say, you know, these guys are getting a chance now to play against these all American players and they're 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 getting this this tremendous opportunity to kind of get up to speed and 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 understand speed of the game, not just being the best player on the football field. Anytime I just walk off the bus, you know, there's there are everybody else on the football field is just as talented as, as they are, and I think that that's been a huge thing for them. And they they've been able to go out there and just physically take over a game because of their their athleticism, their size, you know. And now all of a sudden, technique matters. And, and, you know, you're, you're having to do things like Carter Nelson explained, you know, I I'm catching footballs from guys that are throwing it way harder with a lot more revs on it than I've ever seen before. And, and it's one of those huge adjustments for him, just like hand placement and, and footwork, you know, it is for Grant Bricks. And, and I think things are, I think things are still, you know, for Gibson Pyle, I think that there's still an acclimation to the speed and the, in the size and the, in the, and the physicality, you know, of playing in the phone booth of, of inside, inside linemen. Um, but that's something, you know, that he transitioned to, you know, playing 6A football in Houston. So a little bit closer in terms of competition level, just because of, you know, they're kind of dialing it up a notch, you know, playing inner city to, uh, Houston kids, mm-hmm. but uh, not necessarily Ainsworth and, and Logan, Iowa. And, and, but I mean, still, despite all that guys, Carter and Grant, we're getting huge kudos 
from all the people watching them. Their athleticism uh, is very apparent, and and it maybe hides some of these things, these growing pains that they're kind of going through this week. But the one thing that really stands out is just how quickly they're implementing that stuff and how athletic they both are. Brian, you've seen these three guys. You mentioned that picture, you know, with Nelson at wing back and the two offensive linemen there on the right side of the line. I mean, they're playing in a game as teammates together for the yep. first time. Do you think we see all three of those guys on the field in a game again in 2024? Or is 2025 the most likely arrival for that trio? I think it's 2025, unless you're talking about a game that lines up where all the, all those guys are working through you know, their four red shirt games next year. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, I talked to, I talked to Gibson and I talked to Grant and I, I think there will be some open competition, you know, for, for each of them to kind of go in there, you know, and try to win the spot and try to open up some eyes and try to, try to really be competitive, you know, and get up to speed very, very quickly. Um, that being said, you know, Nebraska had a pretty good, offensive line hall uh the, the year before number mm-hmm. one and, and i think i think the development has been dialed up a notch you know since matt rule and his staff you know have gotten to lincoln um i do think that they are starting to appear to maybe over recruit some of the current roster this is where you get guys like pile and like grant bricks but i think what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That that development side is is better than what it was before under Mickey Joseph and Scott Frost. So it's it's really going to be interesting. I think that they want them to, to be ready as well as they can be. But, I mean, you know, Grant Bricks, one of the other things he said that he had to improve on, and one of the reasons why he said he's – he decided he needed to get to Lincoln as quickly as possible is he needs the nutritional side, you know, to, to, to add weight. He needs to add size and he needs to get to work in, in the weight room. He's, he has got some absolute tree trunks for legs, um, mm-hmm. for being a guy as tall as he is. And, uh, for being a guy that just, you know, just says that he's a little light at six foot five, 295 pounds. Um, he's the kind of guy that's going to cut 10 and put on 25 very, very quickly. So I, I I don't think though still that, that you can really kind of count on any of those guys maybe really kind of stepping up next year. Uh, maybe maybe Bricks. I think they're trying to tell Powell to 
to kind of be ready. I think that, that there might be an interior spot that's going to be up for grabs. I know that they're talking to, to pile two about, you know, being ready to play center as well, potentially. So it's, it's possible, but I, I, I think unless you're lining it up on maybe one or two of the other guys, you know, four games, redshirt games, I, I don't think you're going to see them normally on the field together next year. We're talking with Brian Munson of Husker Online here on our Allo VIP line. Brian, elsewhere at the uh, the All-American Bowl game is some Nebraska targets, right? A lot of guys that Nebraska was interested in. I see Ryan Wingo, Gatlin Bear, Nathaniel Frazier uh, kind of among that group. Were those guys legitimately interested in Nebraska? Did they just take, you know, um, polite visits to Lincoln? Or do you think that maybe had Dylan Riola changed his mind sooner, one, two, three, any of those guys might have, you know, made up their mind to come to Lincoln with him? That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Gatlin Bear is still undecided. So if, if there was an influence there or a draw now that, that Rayola is no longer going to Georgia and he's going to Nebraska, and if Nebraska was really, I think, in that top two teams that, that maybe Bear was considering before he uh, chose Boise State, he'd have an opportunity to kind of back off and, and reconsider things based on where he's at. I, I don't believe that Nebraska right now is part of his picture. Um, that being said, you know, I, I know that Ryan Wingo, uh, was a guy that Nebraska was reaching out to. I think there were several other players that Nebraska was reaching out to, like you had mentioned, kind of that 11th hour before signing day. And, and this is kind of post after maybe some understanding is there, you know, for NIL and, you know, all the other kind of things are already in place and, I think it gets just really difficult uh, in that 11th hour to kind of go back on, on the things that you've already kind of set up. And, and the, the, the look, that's a long-term commitment because Wingo had flipped. But I mean, if you're talking to like a guy like Brandon Baker, that's been a long, mm-hmm. that's a longer term commitment that he has had to Texas. So I, I do feel like Nebraska could have had some influence on some other guys. If, if say Rayola backed off his commitment, like at Halloween, Mm. Um, that that's possible, but I, I, I think with where he did it, it really was more about, um, him kind of watering his own soul and knowing what the right thing was for him versus, you know, I've been, you know, playing the, you know, playing the, playing the flute and these guys are following me to, to, to Georgia. And, and now I can get those guys to follow me to Nebraska. I think it was really more about like, he needed to do do something for himself. And I know that he had kind of put all that stuff in place in Athens, but there wasn't a way to kind of do it very well for Nebraska based on what the timing of everything was. Which makes sense. Speaking of timing, Brian, I want to throw this to you too here real quick, especially from the, the recruiting side that you cover. Um, we were talking yesterday on the show about bowl season and everything that goes on, especially in a busy month of December into January you know, with, with bowl game prep and bowl games, you have the early signing day now in December and the, the transfer portal window from uh, early December into early January. They're all going on at the same time. Is it an advantage at all for high school um, you know, players commits to have that portal window open at the same time you know, as their early signing day? So coaches you know, might view those high school players as more of a you know, plug-and-play sort of option and not go get someone in the portal? Or would it be better to you know, like push the transfer window to after spring, give high school guys their own month and coaches their own month to focus on this high school class of commitments? Yeah, or you could you could actually move your um, 
your high school signing day to like an August or a September. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, you knock out 90 plus percent, you know, of the guys that are going to go play D one football by like the end of July, you, you, you do get into this very interesting flipping season, you know, from about like the middle of October, middle of November uh, up to about Sunday. So you get like the last three or four weeks of where you're kind of seeing that happen. And I'm not saying that you couldn't necessarily see that, like maybe through the month of August, like if you decided to do it like the Wednesday after Labor Day or something like that. Um, yeah, I think that there's some there's some possibilities there that I think that you kind of touched on that I, I, I'm kind of feeling – to to gain relevance back to the bowl game and the bowl and 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 all that good stuff, you you do I think need to to find a better way to uh, get the portal transfers either you know out after the bowl season after the bowl game make the window open a little bit later. The, the problem with that I think obviously is that you're you're in this roster management kind of crunch and you're kind of trying to make that 85 work. And you, know, you got, if, if you had an earlier signing day with the high school guys and you got that out of the way, like in September or in August, you, and then you had a chance to kind of do your, your kind of exit interview and, and understand how like where people are, what they're kind of thinking and what they're planning on doing. You could still be very active. I think in that, in that kind of portal process, as you're kind of getting into that January, February timeframe, it just, I think it, I think by the time everything has to like happen and people are enrolling and school is starting, if you if you don't have that time frame there in that month of December, I think it just puts it puts way too much pressure, I think on on the schools and on the players to kind of figure out where they're going to go. I, I think it's a, I do I do agree that something has got to happen. I don't have the right answer. I I, I think that I think that the NCAA though has a has really created a mess. Uh, when it comes to this, just because of the diminished value of the overall bowl games in general. The NCAA creating a mess? Say it ain't so, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been a huge fan of much that they have done uh, recently. I think that there's even more than that, you know, that I'm just not much of a fan of. But I, I think that there's – they wanted to slide everything left. They wanted to get fast with everything. And, and, I, and I, think the, I think the whole transfer process is out of control in the first place with no penalty and – and, you know, no, no immediate need, no, nobody's sitting out for a year. And, and uh, it's, I think that's a little bit, that's a little bit out of control, but I, I think that this whole windows and opportunities and the bowl seasons being a mess, uh, I think they absolutely have to take a look at something and, and whether, you know, whether it's the windows or the signing day that gets, that gets adjusted, they've got to make some adjustments. Last one for you real quick, Brian, bills by five, bills by 10, bills by 20. Oh, I hope it's by 20 because my ticker cannot take a five. Um, <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, I-, I was a little bit surprised to see a minus three, uh, although I know Miami is really dinged up, mm-hmm. and-, and that's really good news. I-, I think there's three different ways that the Bills can make it in. I'm going to go ahead and say Bills by 10. I will take your middle number, and I, I tell you what, you guys uh, probably will catch me having not ever uh, have slept still <laughs> next week. Hey, you know what? If it's after a Bills win, I'm sure you'll take it. I'm rooting for the Colts. Again, I think there's plenty of room for both our teams. Brian, glad you had a good trip down to San Antonio. Glad you made it back. Thanks for making time for us today. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me today. We'll see you. There he is. Brian Munson joins us on our VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. You can use that same uh, number, 402-464-5685, to call now for the shootout with Strick. 30 bucks to Buffalo Wings and Rings on the line for you. This is going to be a fun one today. Stricky, I hope we can remain friends after this one. All That's right. all I'm going to say. That's all good. 
888-528-5685. Give us a call now. Take on Strick in Trivia. We play the game show to wrap up Hour 1 next. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.